from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's great to be with all of y'all this morning. We've got a packed, packed show for all of y'all today. And I know I say that every show, but it's the frozen tundra outside. I mean, it's literally 20 degrees in Georgia. It's so darn cold here. And, and it's cold everywhere. So first of all, if you're tuning in from the frozen tundra that's occupying the weather of these great United States of America, good warm morning to all of y'all. And I hope you're staying warm wherever you're listening and watching the show. Thank you for tuning in today. We drop our ransomware uh, uh, article on Substack. Um, it's really a new way of thinking about ransomware. Sorry, tomorrow we're going to drop it. Sorry, I'm just getting the note. Tomorrow it's getting dropped. Tomorrow, we're dropping the Substack ransomware out. It's going to be big. It's going to challenge you. I hope you take some time to tune into that. I think it's 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 a really great article. You'll be able to find it on our Substack, jamesazar.substack.com. Now, without further ado, if you do subscribe to our Substack and become a financial supporter, we send you this awesome espresso travel mug. So please go check that out. Again, exclusive writing. Uh, we've all, we're also putting in some uh, really some educational stuff for for CISOs and cybersecurity practitioners as well. So very excited about that. And now without further ado, join me for my double espresso this morning. As you can tell, that layer of foam right there, that's the difference between a good espresso to black coffee being labeled espresso at a Starbucks near you. Espresso, Italian espresso, always has a tip of foam right there. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. I love to see through glass ones. I may have to make a new swag for the show with the all right let's go ahead and get started with citrix now urging customers to immediately patch their netscaler adc and gateway appliance with two actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities both of the cves 2023 6548 and 6549 are impact the netscaler management interface and expose unpatched netscaler instances to remote code execution and denial of service attacks However, to gain uh, code execution, attackers must be logged into a low-privileged account on the targeted instance, and they would need access to NSIP, CLIP, or SNP with management interface access. Also, the appliances must be configured as a gateway, meaning a VPN virtual server, an ICA proxy, a CVPN, or a RDP, or a AAA virtual server to be vulnerable to a denial-of-service attack. So there are conditions existing to this zero-day, because you're going to hear a lot of people, and I've already seen it on like LinkedIn, and Twitter this morning, a lot of people going like, well, you know, James, you know, you see all these things on here and whatnot. And I go, well, hang on. First of all, there are conditions and settings in order for both of these zeros days to be exploitable. If you don't have both, then is the urgency to patch there? Yes. But is it as urgent? Could it wait a few days potentially, right? Depending on the risk that that, po- that it poses to your organizations. The NetSuite product, the NetScaler product, sorry, that are affected by these two zero days include the Netscaler ADC and Netscaler Gateway 13.0 uh, to 13.0-902-21, 13.1, uh, before 13.1-5.51-0.15, sorry, and 14.1 uh, to 12.35 on Gateway 14.1, as well as ADC FIBS uh, 13.1, 12.1 and, and, and 12.1 NDC PP before. So all of those are impacted. According 
uh, to uh, Shadow Server. There's just over 1,500 management interfaces that are now exposed online, 366 in the United States, 44 in China, 35 in Australia, 20 in Brazil, 18 in Turkey, one in Iran, 53 in the United Kingdom. So you can see them kind of scattered around here on the map on the screen. If you're missing that, again, the map is in the show notes. You can go check that out there uh, by just following the link to the story. In a security advisory, Citrix are urging all of their admins to patch their net scalers uh, right off the bat. Sim, because there is a proof of, uh, uh, because there's a exploit, you want to make sure you get these patched. Again, but the conditions add a little, a little bit speck of complexity to this one. In other zero-day news, Google has now pushed out an urgent Chrome browser update to fix a trio of high-severity defects and warned that one of the bugs is already being exploited in the wild. That bug is CVE 2024 er It's described as an out-of-bounds memory access issue in the V8 JavaScript engine. Google didn't provide additional details on the scope of the attacks or share telemetry uh, to hunt for signs of compromise. However, the barebone advisory says there is an exploit for CVE 2024 er So you want to refresh to the latest version of Chrome as soon as possible. Push that out there. This shouldn't be a rough thing to patch especially if you can automate those and if you've already done so. The FBI and CISA published an urgent advisory about the Andro uh, Androx Ghost botnet, which is being used to sell crowd credentials from major platforms like AWS, SendGrid, and Office 365. Initially identified by Lacework Labs in 2022, uh, Androx Ghost is a Python scripted malware designed to infiltrate and exploit vulnerabilities in, ver in various web frameworks and servers primarily targeting .env files that store sensitive cloud credentials. It scans websites and servers using older versions of PHP unit and PHP web framework, as well as Apache web servers that have known remote code execution vulnerabilities. About 68 of the Androx uh, Ghost malware SMTP abuses originate from Windows systems. 87% of the attacks are executed through Python. And now CISA and the FBI are saying they're seeing active accounts, including takeover on AWS, Microsoft Office 365, SendGrid, and obviously Twilio. The malware can self-replicate by using compromised AWS credentials to create new users and instances, allowing it to reach greater their uh, greater impact on the organization. At its peak early this year, there were nearly 50,000 devices infected. That number has now dropped to 9,300, according to FortiGuard. Uh, they're using this to steal data credentials as well as gain third-party app access. So you want to make sure you get this addressed ASAP and you understand the TTPs and IOCs, get your team involved, make sure your, your team's actually looking at your cloud instances and managing everything correctly, pull out your identity logs, pull out all of those, make sure that you know any new credentials that have been harvested, you're, you're examining all of those. That's going to be really critical in order to avoid being a victim of the Androx ghost malware. Uh, GitHub on Tuesday announced that it's rotated credentials after learning that a vulnerability impacting GitHub.com and GitHub Enterprise Server could expose login information. The vulnerability report issued on December 26th of last year took immediate action to address the issue and revoke potentially exposed credentials, which led to disruptions between the 27th and 29th of December. The security defects, which allowed access to credentials within a production container, had no impact beyond the security researcher who identified and reported it. But the platform security protocol calls for rotating credentials exposed to third parties so taking a precaution they've done that make sure to check your github account to see if you're impacted by that oracle announced 389 new security patches as part of its first critical patch 
update of 2024, including dozens that deal with critical severity vulnerability. All in all, there are 200 unique CVEs in Oracle's January 2024 CPU. So if you're an Oracle customer, pay close, close attention to this. Threat actors are, and if there's a way for them to exploit your Oracle environment, they will. Financial services applications was the most impacted product, receiving 71 new security patches, including 54 for vulnerabilities that could be exploited remotely without authentication. Numerous security patches were also released for communications with 55 patches, 43 for remotely executable communication applications, 43 patches, MySQL with 40, Infusion Middleware with 39. Oracle's uh, CPU includes updates for eBusiness Suite as well as Analytics, Java SE, Enterprise Manager, Hyperon, JD Edwards Systems, and a few dozen other products. You want to make sure you get your Oracles here patched ASAP. They've also published a new bulletin to describe the vulnerabilities resolved in Oracle Linux over the past two months and a Solaris third-party bulletin with details on patches for third-party software distributed with Oracle Solaris. So all of those are out there. If you're an Oracle shop, you've got a long, long few days ahead of you to get these things patched up. Altesian's Confluence data center and Confluence servers are vulnerable to a critical remote code execution vulnerability that's impacting versions uh, released before December 5th of last year, including an out-of-support release. The flaw CVE 2023-22527 is rated critical with a CVSS score of a perfect 10. And it's a template injection vulnerability that allows unauthenticated attackers to perform remote code execution on impacted Confluence endpoints. Most recent supported versions of the Confluence data center and server are not affected by this vulnerability. It was mitigated during regular updates. However, some of these are end of life that have not been updated and require immediate updating. So you want to make sure to check that as well. We step away a little bit from all of these vulnerabilities in zero days and we look at a cyber espionage campaign that the Iranian regime is using against the families of the 136 hostages that are being illegally held for now 103 days by the evil terrorist organization named Hamas. Uh, Iran is using fake online profiles to gather intelligence in Israel, according to the Shin Bet, Bet, which is the uh, Israeli equivalent of the FBI. Among its tactics are operations to photograph the homes of security personnel and public figures who oppose Iran publicly in the media. Uh, Public demonstrations for the hostages return are used as a platform to photograph participants as well, it added. Iranian operatives are also targeting families of hostages through fake expressions of grief, such as sending bouquets and messages for the families to the families' homes. Other means of intelligence gathering include fake survey prompts and volunteer forms that are used to gather information and personal details and skill sets about Israelis that are just out there trying to help their fellow uh, brethren. According to the Shin Bet, Iranian intelligence has used these online platforms to gather information, uh, spread disinformation and incitement within Israel and recruit Israelis for activism on behalf of the hostages in order to pressure the Israeli government to reach a deal with Hamas that benefits Iran. Iran has a vested interest in ensuring Hamas maintains some sort of foothold in Gaza. Um, they've invested, that's one of their investments. Uh, they're responsible for these 136 hostages, and anything that happens to them is the responsibility of Hamas, and as subsequently Iran, who's financing them, Um, as we're learning more and more every day that some of these guys were trained in Iran by the Iranian military as part of their preparation for the October 7th massacre that took place in Israel on that damned Saturday morning. Um, So again, a, a lot of activity there on the cyber espionage side of it.
And another story this morning that should keep everyone kind of paying very, very close attention. Cybersecurity funding has now reached a two-year low for startups. Venture funding has dipped to its lowest total since 2018. That was in 2023. Security companies raised $8.2 billion in 692 venture capital deals last year. That's compared to $16.3 billion that was raised in 2022 in 941 deals. The drop was exaggerated by Q4 numbers as startups lock up $1.6 billion marking the lowest quarter since Q3 2018 when cyber firms raised just $1.3 billion. Only three cybersecurity startups raised rounds above $100 million, those being uh, Friends of the Show, Blue Foyant, Island, and Verkata, each raising uh, $100 million and north of that. Um, so you can obviously see the trend heading downwards, which means that it, it, innovation investors are only going to invest now in companies that really offer a specific unique approach to the market and if you're not there as a startup you're likely going to have a hard time getting the capital you're looking for there's still a lot of interest in this but obviously ai has taken some of these some of that interest and some of that money as venture capitalists look at ai and again the wars and the geopolitical stuff the the economic situation and this being in a presidential election year will all have some sort of impact as well as inflation uh, and high interest rates. If you're a venture capitalist, you're likely going to put your money somewhere where you're going to get high interest over taking a bigger risk in some of these cases. So you're going to take your calculated risk of what you believe in, but you're likely not going to take some of those greater risks you took between 2018 to 2022. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, make sure to subscribe. Follow us and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.